0: This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast by ThePilotReport.com about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode number 50, a show
1: about 50s, from our 50th logbook entry to our 50th hour to our 50th landing. Our picks of the week and more coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast.
0: Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Neuville, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of the Stuck Mike Avcast, our golden show. Joining me on the show today are my favorite group of aviation pundits, Starting with our first aviation pundit, all the way down from tropical storm-damaged Florida, as I
2: understand, Carl Valeri. What's going on down there today, Carl? You know, this isn't a great day to fly. <laughs> I usually say it's always a wonderful day to fly, but not today. We sure do have a a storm down here, and it's been pushing all sorts of water around. And uh, luckily, though, right now I have electricity, and that's why I can talk to you on <laughs> between between the uh, the big uh, bands of the storm. But yes, it was it was quite exciting. They've canceled a few flights, and yeah. Uh, Yes, it's it's nice to be safe and sound. We actually had a uh, tornado go through here, just uh, just south of me. It did quite a bit of damage. Oh. You know, what's funny though. This is my second episode during a tropical storm.
1: Uh, yes, I do remember the <laughs> other one.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I got to stop doing this.
1: Yeah, you, the weather. I feel like you know the weather's been chasing you. The tornadoes have been chasing me this season. It's 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 been it's been a bad start to the spring. I tell you what, I think I have a feeling it's going to be a nasty summer.
2: It is. Uh, it is. I really
1: do I really well, do? I'm
2: happy to be here and safe. That's
1: right. That's right. Uh, joining us next is Victoria Zyko from uh, from the studio in Maryland. How are you today?
3: I'm good. I'm in the fog just like I was last episode. <laughs> Can barely see outside. Maybe
1: oh, you little shouldn't little. drink so much. Oh, I know. It's a problem. It's problem. I see. Very good. Well, welcome. How's Turbo today, by the way?
3: Turbo is uh presently eating frosty paws, so he keeps quiet during the episode. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we will. He's going through it pretty quickly though. Pretty quick.
1: You need a whole box to keep him subdued for an hour.
3: He just can't stand it. When there's food, he's gotta eat it. <laughs> Kind of Uh, like his dad.
1: Kind of like his dad. Nice. (laughs) Nice. That's good. Uh, Sean, welcome back to the show. We did miss you on the last episode, the one where I was driving in the car. That was fun. That was interesting. How are you, Sean?
4: (laughs) Doing good. It's... Enjoying the weather. It's 73 and mostly sunny. It's my time of year. I love it. It's a great day to fly here.
2: <laughs> great day there. <laughs> Sorry. Not so great Sorry, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll live vicariously through you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: that happens. That happens. And our last aviation pundit all the way from his studio in Massachusetts, Mr. Rick Felty, Welcome.
5: Good evening, everybody. Um, and weather-wise, I guess we're getting ready for what Carl's getting now. Yes. In the next day or so. Just the tail end of it. Nothing, nothing like you're in the middle of. Mm. And then yeah, going to clear out so it should be nice after friday saturday
1: carl had texted me today he's like i got a tropical storm going on and i had (laughs) no idea i actually pulled up the radar it's not just a tropical storm it's i couldn't see florida it was completely covered in green and yellow
5: right Um, jim cantori was was heading there so you know you're in trouble
2: (laughs) yes
1: yeah
5: exactly
1: um well great
5: 50 shows huh 50. Yeah.
1: I know. Number 50. That's why I said our golden show. If it, was, if it was years of anniversaries, it would be the golden anniversary. So, you know, it's our 50th show, The Golden Show. Uh, yeah, we've been at this, I don't want to say for a long time. It's been just over two years, but 50 shows, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty fun. I had a lot of fun actually getting together, making shows. Let's do the pre-flight. And we got a fun one today, actually. The 50th episode is a show about 50s. And uh, I'll tell you just about that here in a moment. But we did have some announcements that we wanted to share uh, before we got started today. Uh, The first, uh, Victoria, you we talked on previous shows when we were talking about like aviation advocacy and friendly airports and stuff like that. How um, your employer frequently has barbecues out at the Frederick, Maryland airport. Uh, And you were going to give us an update on what's going on with that.
3: Well, summer is here, so it's time for us to do our uh, usual Friday cookouts at the hangar E7 at, at Frederick Municipal Airport. Um, my boss hosts them, but you don't have to be a client of ours to come and enjoy them. Um, if you're interested, if it's a good day, beautiful weather in Frederick, message me up on Friday and see if we're doing the cookout. It's almost every Friday as long as the weather's good. Mm-hmm. So y- y- everyone's welcome. Just... uh. Drop me a line so I know to see you there.
1: I definitely recommend if you're in the area or you can get up there that you check it out. It's a fun group of folks. It's a great barbecue. He's got a couple of airplanes in the hangar. There's a refrigerator stocked full of beverages, a grill full of food, and there's no shortage of, uh, you know, good times. So Exactly. definitely, uh, definitely try to make it there if you can. Um, Carl, you've got a couple of announcements.
2: Yes, actually, a uh, couple, of course, air shows. I love air shows, so I do have to make an announcement about the one in Pensacola. Most people don't realize, just because the, the Blue Angels won't be there, there's going to be a Pensacola Beach air show this year. And it's going to be a lot of civilians, obviously, uh, doing the air show, and people like uh, Skip Stewart. And uh, remember that guy, who um, is who is it, uh, uh, Roger, Roger. I can't remember his last name, but he flies Otto the helicopter, and that's always a cool show to see. And then you have the T thirty they'll be flying there. That's
3: the there one and... that does the yo yo, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's isn't that cool? I mean, it's, it's cute. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then there's uh, there's gonna be oh, and, oh, that that uh, Team Aerodynamics. You remember they used to be called Team RV? So, it's going to be all those formation RV flyers going to be out there. So, the RANDS RV. So, that's going to be really cool. Make sure you go out there and support it. I know a lot of these air shows are hurting right now because of the fact that they've canceled a lot of uh, the military teams, but you're going to see some exciting stuff at this air show. And that's going to be on July 12th and also on July 13th. So, if you can wander on down there. that's uh, So, that's the first announcement. The second announcement is that uh, the FAA safety team is uh, starting up a meeting again on a regular basis in the Clearwater area. And I know we have a lot of pilots in Florida and especially in in both the winter and the summer, but they're going to do a regular program which I'm actually going to be part of. Uh, It's a first Tuesday of every month and it's going to be held at our partners at the National Aviation Academy over in Clearwater, Florida. And it's right off of uh, Olmerton and 19 if anybody knows where that is and, and that's listening, but you can get there it's not a flying event, but you still can get there if you go to PIE, uh, St. Pete Airport, and Clearwater Airport and uh, ask for a, a courtesy car, or uh, they're not really giving those out, but uh, you can rent cars too. So uh, if you, some guys get courtesy cars. Usually they don't. Uh, so if you can, come on down for the Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month. And, uh, of course, in Tampa they still have this uh, second Tuesday of the month. The FAA safety team is doing some really cool stuff. So just in general is if, if you are interested in safety programs, not just in Tampa Bay, go to fasafety.gov and find something in your area. It's real easy to find. You put in your zip code and say, I want a safety seminar within 25 miles, and you can sign up for it. So not just the event. First Tuesday of the month, you know, that I'm plugging for us. We're going to continue doing that. We're back. People have been wondering where we've been, but we've had a lot of other commitments, and we're going to start uh, running those programs again. So those are the two events that I have fun
1: exciting that's good to hear cuz you've 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 been doing those events for a while if I recall long participating yeah in them for a while
2: yeah back uh, started up in 2000 and uh, I've been in a bunch of FISDOS Allentown and Houston Fizdo, and now I am back in the Tampa Fizdo. I, I finally made my way back here to Florida and mm-hmm. and I'm here full-time and just they're they're awesome I mean you you just they're free and you get credit you can use them for your flight review, for that's right. The ground right. portion of your flight review, and and then you go do your flight portion, and and you can get some pretty cool little wings, and it helps with your insurance, as as Victoria will tell you. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's a really really neat program. I think I don't know how much of a discount you get on your insurance, but I think it's something. It's percentage wise, I don't know, maybe ten percent, maybe depends on that. the carrier. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yes, it's definitely something that that is getting more popular with some of the actually commercial operators too. In other words, people that put together courses that are sold, you can actually go to a sporties class in some cases and that'll count. But you can also go to like some of the King schools and, uh, and of course the AOPA seminars that are both online and also in person. They mm-hmm. count towards the safety program. There's a lot of stuff that counts towards us that you're already doing. So you never know. You may already have credit this year and you probably can get your wings. So go to FASafety.gov. Love it. Love it. Love, love it, it, love it. And,
1: uh, well, great. And I had one announcement to wrap up the announcement section of the show today. Uh, you know, I was talking to a couple of friends recently and I said, Hey, you know, we haven't had a aviation meetup in a while. We haven't got together and uh, geek out about airplanes over food and drink. And it just so happens that, uh, this coming weekend, we're going to be celebrating uh, the Stuck Mike Avcast 50th episode, uh, with a little, uh, you know, Celebration bash slash fly-in slash meetup here in the Illinois area. That's going to be at the Schaumburg Airport, Schaumburg, Illinois. The identifier is Oscar Six Charlie at uh, Pilot Pete's. For more information regarding that, you can visit stuckmygavcast.com forward slash meetup. Uh, we're going to have, uh, I'm going to have cake. I'm hopefully right now I'm working on putting together some gift bags. It is has nothing to do uh, f- with just our listeners. So, you know, if you're listening to the show right now and you, you've got other friends that, uh, you know, are interested in aviation or geeks of all kinds, shapes and sizes from wherever, share this event with them. Let them know, you know, we're just getting together to have a good time. Have some food, talk about the show, just get together, you know, in in good old fashion. And uh, you don't, again, you don't have to, don't. People who attend don't have to be just a listener of the show. So it's an open invitation. Uh, please do tell your friends. We'd love to share this special day with as many people as we can, and also get to you know meet some new folks. So stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash meetup. It's June twenty second, this coming Saturday. Uh, if you're listening to the show on release day at 11 a.m., once again, Pilot Pete's at the Schaumburg, Illinois Airport, Oscar 6, Charlie. So we hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, entering cruise flight. Now, I did say when we started the show, episode 50, a show about 50s. What that really means is uh, we we were collaborating. What should we do for episode number 50? Let's come up with a fun idea, a fun topic, a fun discussion. Victoria suggested, you know, let's each go through our logbooks and come up with, you know, 50s, whether it's the 50th logbook entry, the 50th flight, the 50th hour, the 50th landing, et cetera, et cetera. So we've kind of compiled a list of our personal 50s, and uh, before we go into that, I did a little research on the internet today. I was kind of like, hey, you know, what's what does 50 mean to me? What does 50 mean to you? And um, the, the number 50 has, you know, I just kind of pulled some bits and pieces uh, from whatever, science and numerology and whatnot. So i give you some fun information here. But the number 50 is uh, the 20th, excuse me, the 25th even number in numer- uh, numerical order. It yeah. also is the atomic number of 10. Uh, for most of us here in the United States, pushing, we're aware. Pushing 10. Pushing 10, yes, there you go. Pushing wow. 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, uh, you know, for the, for the uh, residents of the United States, they're familiar, it's the number of stars on the U.S. flag. Uh, numerology also marks the number 50, uh, meaning kindness, grace, and regeneration. Um, this is a fun one. The size of the moon in relation to the size of the earth is the earth is 50 times bigger. I thought that, I actually didn't know that. I mean, that's pretty significant, um, in size. Uh, and the number 50 also means broadcaster, disseminator of information and asking of questions, which is kind of a fun one because it involves podcasting, uh, being a broadcast and disseminating information. So just a couple of fun facts about the number 50 before we got started. So, uh, you know, I think we can all kind of relate to our 50th entry in our logbook. I know Carl doesn't have mm-hmm. his paper with him. I didn't have mine. I had, to, I had to do a lot of researching in my electronic one, but I was able to find mine. So, Carl, you didn't find your 50th logbook entry. Is that correct?
2: No, unfortunately, okay. I didn't. I no tried. worries. I tried.
1: Well, uh, we'll just skip you anyway, and we'll come back to you here in just a minute. But I feel left uh, out. yeah, right. Uh, Rick, tell us about yeah. your fiftieth logbook entry.
5: Yeah, um, I. It was fun to kind of. It's always fun to go back through, and there's, there there aren't always reasons. So when Victoria suggested this, it was a great, you know, opportunity to, to look through. And there was a number of other fifties I I looked at first, but when I came upon this one, it was, it was great. <clears throat> this was my, uh, the way the way the school work. Uh, when I was training was, and I don't know if this is universally true, but it made sense at the time, and was that we um, did, with a CFI, we did the practice cross-countries with them. You know, we would run the route, and they would basically, yeah, he's safe to run this route by himself, and we would usually do that, and then the next flight would be the solo cross-country. So my 50th logbook entry is my practice uh, cross-country just before my first solo cross-country, which was from Norwood to Martha's Vineyard. So, and it was just, it's a great flight because it's over water. There's great, there's great land, you know, sort of topography as the ocean, you know, just the way the shape of the, of, of the land is in that part of the, part of the country. And, um, and, uh, it was a beautiful day and it was a great flight and it led, it led to this next amazing flight, which was, which was my first, uh, you know, solo cross country and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, all the stuff that comes with that. Um, I remember, I remember thinking after we were done, that um, part of the reason I think that the school I was at from Norwood, based on where everything's situated, picks uh, the vineyard. It has to obviously be fif- more than 50 uh, mile, nautical miles, and, um, and it is just barely. So that, is, that gives it that place. Plus, it's really hard to get lost. Um, those of you who know the area, it, it, it's pretty clear where it is and there aren't too many choices and, um, uh, of, of large islands off the South coast of Massachusetts. So, uh, so in that sense, it all made sense. And, and, um, it was, um, it was fun. And, and I don't remember, you know, I don't remember much other than, uh, just being amazed that I had actually, you know, taken a plane and, you know, gone to an island Mm -hmm. And it was so it was magical on a number of levels, and that and it was just a you know, it was the gateway to all the other things that happened after that. So that was my 50th entry. Um,
1: Wow, uh, yeah, Martha's Vineyard is a good place to go.
5: It is, it's a great, yeah, it gets it, it accomplishes a number of fun things. It
1: does, (laughs) plus the (laughs) views are are good, (laughs) right? Uh, Sean, tell us about your 50th logbook entry.
4: My 50th entry was, um, One of my first uh, solos out to the practice area, um, out to one of the surrounding airports where I could do uh, takeoffs and landings without a tower. And um, looks like I got in uh, six landings, uh, spent about an hour. I don't know if other people were this way. When I first got my solo endorsement, you know, I'd take off, I'd leave the area, and I'd get out to the practice area, and I really. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of out there. I was like, okay, well, I'm here now. And I didn't, you know, I felt confident enough to be safe in the airplane, but I didn't have that confidence to get out there and start doing steep turns on my own. I was I was fairly afraid of the aircraft starting out. So I'd just go out and do landings over and over again. So this looks like I just went up, did a bunch of landings at one of the other airports, and came straight back. And that that pretty much sums up all of my early private pilot training <laughs> in a nutshell. It uh, it really does. Uh, did uh, did you guys ever have that experience when you were starting out? I mean, that that's pretty much all my practice area solo flights in a nutshell. I always. I
3: did the same thing. I flew like over my house, looped around a bit, but I didn't <laughs> want to do stalls or anything. I was
1: just,
0: yeah.
3: Pretty. I'm going to enjoy myself, do a selfie. Okay. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I procrastinated a little bit. I'd go out there and kind of fly around in circles for a few minutes, like sort of really wide clearing turns. And I'd be like, all right, I'm supposed to go out here and practice these things. It was was almost a little weird not having the, um, you know, the guidance of the flight instructor walking you Mm -hmm. through a setup or something. And you're kind of just out there and you're like, well, I know how to do this, but... I don't really feel like doing it or, or, you know, sometimes you just kind of like, all right, uh, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. And, uh, yeah, I can remember, I can remember a similar, similar feeling.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without, without the structure of an instructor saying, okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I'm trying to aware? remember, you know, it's funny. I, I think I recall most, I, I hear everyone talking about heading out to the practice area and, um, for some reason, maybe just the way it all played out, most of my practicing alone was pattern or going somewhere. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. going to a Like they'd approve me to whatever the local, nearby, you know, airport would, would be to go practice, uh, you know, landings there. And uh, it's so funny. I, d- I don't recall thinking, oh, I better do some more, you know, turns. You know, I better do some more steep turns or something by myself. Uh, I don't know why that is.
4: Hmm. The, the worst part was, you know, debriefing. Well, what would you do? Uh <laughs> Well, I went out, uh, uh, I turned, I really didn't know what to come back with, but, uh, but yeah, that it kind of brought back some memories. I hadn't thought about that in a while and just sort of the, but it was fun. I loved doing it, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that, that's my 50th entry.
1: Huh. Uh, Victoria, your 50th entry.
3: My 50th entry was to, um, from Pontiac airport. This is when I was living in Michigan and I did all my training there. Um, I went from there to Lapeer airport to do some, uh, it says on my notes, practice short field landings and emergency procedures. Oh, so I was doing some training.
1: Okay. I, uh, I went through and I found my 50th flight, which was back in 1997. My 50th logbook entry was back in 1997. It was a, it was a flight simply around the local area, but it was, a, it was, it was new to me because it was a flight in a Mooney M20J. Um, it was for 1.5, and the, the departure and destination airport were the same. So if I recall correctly... Uh, my instructor had gotten the keys to the Mooney and took me out for a joyride because it was my first time in a complex aircraft. Um, he was showing me, you know, how to work the prop and the landing gear. And I remember going up to Manchester Airport and requesting a a uh, a low approach, which uh, we conveniently did at full power, and that was exciting in its own right. And uh, you know, just had a good time showing me about how to use a complex aircraft. Um, and that was my fiftieth logbook entry, which kind of brings us into, you know, the next one I was thinking about, what's our 50th flight hour? And I'm going to go first because as it turns out, when I was researching my 50th logbook entry, my 50th flight hour logged was the same flight. Mm -hmm. It was the exact same flight. So I logged my 50th hour during my 50th flight, which was, uh, I didn't realize that until we started doing research for this show. Um, so yeah, that was way back in 1997 and it was in a Mooney and, uh, it was a lot of fun. I do remember that airplane. I, so I think it's the only time I've ever, I've gone in that very same Mooney, I think like two or three times, but I've never been back in a Mooney, uh, since then. I remember it was fun. It was a, it was quite a fast and compared to the 152 that I was learning in. Um, but still is, you know, quite a, uh, quite a powerful airplane.
2: So it was a lot of fun. Um, how about, uh, Carl, what was your 50th hour logged? My 50th hour logged, I, I actually, uh, I was trying to look back at it, and, and it uh, seemed like I was doing, I had, uh, still hadn't finished my private, and I was doing my cross countries, and that's, uh, I, I wasn't able to, figure out which one it was, the actual 50th, but I knew it was in that range because, like I said, I don't have my actual logbook in front of me, uh, but I was, like, putting down all the different things I've done, and it was it was right around going to, like, Poughkeepsie or something like that. And, you know, to make a comment, I, I didn't want to chime in when we were talking about what we did after our 50th entry and that mm-hmm. type of thing, but, uh, you know, I think, it, it, its I hate to admit this, but when I was learning, I kind of, I think I was a little more, I was a little overconfident <laughs> and uh, I did some things probably on my own I I shouldn't have. You know? Some of them are doing zero Gs in the practice and, area. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like sitting out there, And that's when I realized when you do, you know, when you float the pencil <laughs> off the dash the engine quits because you know the, if you go negative g's long enough you know all that fuel goes to the top of the carburetor and uh you know wow. i talked to my instructor about this later and he explained what happened but i uh, obviously this was much younger age and oops. oops or foolish time and uh you know and then so the next time i did it i knew what was going to happen no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> but, yeah, but okay. no i i was a little more brazen back then and i i think uh now, I'm definitely totally different as
5: far as flying's concerned. They probably don't want <laughs> you to come back from those rides and get debriefed and say, "Yeah, parabolas. I was doing parabolas." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
5: And and you know the the wingovers were tough.
2: Oh yeah, they I were. mean, what what else did you want me to do when I was <laughs> right. out in the practice area, <laughs> <Right>. Mr. Instructor? <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was co- cross country though. Getting back to your your fiftieth, and I tell you what, I had so much fun flying around that New York area and going to like Poughkeepsie and all those little airports and. Sullivan County, etc. So that was I was in my little cross country phase, and I just just so enjoyed that part mm-hmm. of the training. Okay. It was awesome.
1: Um, Sean, tell us about your fiftieth hour logged.
4: My fiftieth hour was actually really similar to the fiftieth entry. It looks like it's about seven flights previous to the fiftieth entry, but it's actually the very first time I left my home airport solo and uh, went actually back out to that same airport, uh, Frankfurt, and uh, looks like I did point nine soft field touch and go. Uh, two landings. So it looks like I literally took off, went over there, did the pattern, landed, and flew back. But I know those that that first time where I actually went somewhere uh, that wasn't the same airport I'd been going in and out of. You know, my whole training life so far. I mean, that, that was a pretty big deal. Um, the first time you're alone in an airplane, you go and you touch pavement somewhere other than where you started. Uh, that was that was pretty exciting.
1: All right, Uh, Victoria, I hear you barking back there. Tell us about your 50th. (laughs) Oh my
3: goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when I first looked at my 50th, and I've I've looked through this logbook quite a bit, actually, you know, just looking at the memories. And I always used to get mad looking at my 50th hour because just a couple of pages back, you see my pre-solo stage check. Okay, you know, signed off by the chief flight instructor. You're ready to solo. But then next it was crosswind landings and then it was steep turns and then it was pattern work, pattern work, pattern work, pattern work. Oh, look more pattern work. There's some pattern work. That's only 0.7 hours. Here's 0.3 hours. There's more pattern work. And there are three more pages of just me doing pattern work without ever soloing. Hmm. And I really wish I had someone to go to at the time. That's why I think like the internet is so great these days with the forums out there and podcasts you can listen to. Cause maybe I could have had someone who was like, Honey, what's with all the pattern work? You know, you should be doing this by yourself now. You got stage checked three pages ago for it. Now, mind you, it was winter in Michigan and probably windy, but you know, that was a few months that passed. So, my 50th entry was actually with a new instructor. My one instructor moved off to the airlines, and I finally got this new instructor, and that's where like you see things change all of a sudden I'm doing VOR stuff and I'm doing cross countries and finally I'm soloing and like just a few months later I am a pilot. And so it's, it was very interesting to see that 50, 50 hour mark was when I switched instructors and mm. finally got on the role and actually, you know, did something besides pattern work, pattern work, pattern work.
1: Well, you must be very good at it no. now.
3: Not, I better have been. I don't know. I don't know the last
1: time I did pattern work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick, tell us about your 50th hour logged.
5: Yeah, it was, um, it, you know, by all my early training was in, you know, as you know, an S- sr 20 um, This was as well. And this was with, it was a sort of a nearby airport. I uh, flew down to Taunton with uh, my CFI. And this was not my regular CFI at the time. I, I only had a few CFIs. I'd been with one for a while. And then for a couple of flights here, I flew with a gentleman who, um, I believe was a, at the time, even still, it was retired from, uh, from the airlines and really knew his stuff. And I would remember being very intimidated at first because uh, everybody else seemed a little, you know, like younger and kind of, you know, looser and whatever. And he, and I thought, oh, he's, this is, you know, felt like a ch- I'm going to have a check right here every time I fly with this guy. Um, but I ended up loving flying with him. He was just—he was great. He knew a lot of stuff. There's things he said, just in little moments where uh, that they're still in my head. You know, that they're still stick with me. And I don't remember, the, you know, anything specific from the, from that flight, um, other than the fact that it was great to 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 see that my expectations of somebody from a distance turned out to be totally wrong, and um, you know, and and that I learned a lot about, uh, you know, about flying from him um, at an early point. And it and he, I ended up not flying with him that many more times, but, um, but it was, it was influential. I remember one of the couple of flights in front of that, which was the first time I flew with him was the flight where I, um, where I just wasn't set up right. And he was being, he was being cool. He was letting me figure it out. And I went around and I, and, and I made that call kind of early cause I, I, I just thought, okay, I was too high, whatever it was. And, um, and, and he really was encouraging about that, you know, good, you know, good call from your point of view, you weren't ready. And, and, you know, so it was, it was good. So I liked him a lot and, um, and, uh, uh that was what that, that's what that 50th, uh, hour was.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't suppose that was your first go around though, if you happen to recall.
5: No, it was, no, it wasn't. Okay. I bet you there's a note in here about, yeah, I see go arounds, pattern work, go arounds earlier than that. It Early was, again. it was probably my first choice, maybe. Because I was like going to say,
2: you, you, yeah, you
1: made it sound like you were proud of the decision. Yeah, kind of I think it, you know, my memory
5: so. of it was it was a choice versus, okay, you know what, do a go-around now. Because like, part of what I remember, the last thing on the, you know, for me, the last thing that the guys did before soloing was, um, you know, request a go-around. You know, just to make sure that, that that was something that was automatic for me. You know, so that if, so, because it was, you know, we'd done, on the solo day, if, if a few trips around, everything's looking good, and the last time around was... Let's just make sure this he's confident enough to to throw that power in and Mm -hmm. you know appropriately adjust flaps and all that. And uh so yeah, I think this was a choice that that didn't, you know, that was just like, oh yeah, that was cool. It's okay to do that, you know. So it always sticks with me. Um uh he's the he's the also also the guy I was flying with, uh doing some uh VOR tracking. And he's the one who first said to me, VORs are airplane magnets, which Mm -hmm. I just thought was it stuck with me, you know, just keep your your eyes out there because as as you're near a VOR, you know, there's a reason. (laughs) There's likely to be other planes. And he just said, and he said that phrase to me, and I'll always remember it. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, Well, fun. And and so this was kind of like really the, I wanted to say the common thing we had all going, searching through our logbooks, our 50th entry and our 50th flight hour. And so now I think we each, kind of have some other variations of 50s. And so we'll just go in order until we kind of share all of them. But I was going to talk about, well, not even really talk about, but just, you know, I was looking at what other 50s are in my logbook. And again, like I said, I don't have my paper logbooks with me. So it's a little bit difficult going through the electronic logbook because I I don't have, there's uh, remarks. I didn't transpose the written remarks when I digitized my logbook um, on my computer. so um, But what I did find, at least for date and aircraft and town number and location, was my 50th day landing. That was back in July 1997 in a Cessna 152 at uh, Boarfield in Nashua, New Hampshire. My 50th day landing. And I'm going to talk about when my 50th night landing was after we go around this rotation. But... Um, Let's see. Carl, tell us about your next 50th that you researched from your logbook, your next 50th event.
2: You know, I I had a little bit of fun with this, and I said to myself, let me see if I've flown more than 50 airplanes. So I started, I made a little document, and I started documenting all the different Pipers and Cessnas I've flown. And what's amazing is, and this seems contrived, but, but it just so happens I've flown my 50th aircraft and just in the in January this year wow and my last aircraft that I just flew was my 50th aircraft and that being like the the Airbus the A320 was my last aircraft Mm -hmm. my last new aircraft but I I looked through and I had I had forgotten about some of the the neat little planes I had flown like the Zenith Zodiac and and the Mudry Cap 10Bs and and all the different you know airplanes like in the Piper Cherokees, the Seneca's, the Comanches and Navajos and and things I totally forgot I even taught in, like the cicada, the Trinidads and Tobagos and, and certain experimental aircrafts and the different Embraers and all. So it was it was like as I was going through this list, what was really cool. And I think I, I think it'd be cool if, if, if you did this too, if if you went through all the different airplanes you've flown, because there's a flight that comes to mind every time I wrote down a specific aircraft i don't know if that would happen to you but it was so much fun in doing this <laughs> i kind of wish i could just say okay piper tomahawk i remember my first landing mm-hmm. was the most memorable there because it was so touchy that type of thing on on the elevator and the first time i flew say a piper navajo i remember that the glow of the exhaust you know you, you remember specific things that either strike you as amazing or strike you as scary, and the first time you know I did a snap roll was in a super decathlon and that type of thing. So, so I, I think it would be a lot of fun if 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 you went out and just did the same as wrote down the different aircraft. Your first ten or whatever aircraft you've flown, but uh, yeah, fifty. I'm actually at fifty now. Just amazing. It's, <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't believe it when I did. I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm at 50. That's pretty and ironic. Fiftieth yeah. episode. This is so cool. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was just so neat to see. Like I got – like brought back memories, you know, the the Eurocopter. i flown an A-Star, a Twin Star. Actually, the Twin Star that was in the James Bond movie. I uh, got to fly that one. The Robinson 44 and R-22s and Bell Jet Rangers and just all so, – and a hot air balloon I couldn't remember the model of. I know there's all sorts of models out there, but I just couldn't remember that one. And, uh, you know, the beach – things like Beach Musketeer Sundowner and, uh, you know, planes that I, I forgot I even knew about. And it was just, just so cool. And talking about Martha's Vineyard, my first time in a Cessna 421 Golden Eagle was actually to lunch at Martha's Vineyard. So that kind of, kind of relates to that. I remember that day going out there. That was awesome.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: But, uh, so yeah, if you, I, I think it's a neat trip. Uh, uh, this whole 50 thing we're doing is great. And I think, you know, even you can do that. You can look at it, your logbook book and, and say to yourself, this is, this is why I fly. It's not mm-hmm. just, Enjoyment, but the memories mm-hmm. that, that we've made, and that's that's what I did. I, I had a wonderful time putting this together. So I'm at my 50th episode, and I'm at my 50th aircraft.
1: That's wild. And what? while while you were talking about it, I was just curious. I counted 42, which I'm even actually surprised that it's been that many. But I recognize, I guess, when you're flight instructing, you there's there's sometimes a chance when you fly oh. so many different kinds of airplanes, and I and I know for me that's what's that's what's gotten me a, a, the experience in so many different kinds of airframes and makes and models, um, but yeah, that was that's interesting. Fifty on the fiftieth, and, and let that's alone cool. the new job in the Airbus. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's awesome. Have you run across any of those that you look at that you don't know what they are? Because I came across one that said Beach Travel Air. Uh, and I was like, what is that? You know, and then I realized, oops, I used to teach in that a while ago. <laughs> no, yeah, no,
3: I've, memories <laughs> fading.
2: I, I do. Re, yeah,
1: I have to say, I do remember all of them. They each had yeah. a specific mission or a specific student or uh different flight reviews with aircraft owners. Yeah, I do actually remember remember them all.
2: Well Lynn, as you get closer to fifty, like I am, <laughs> you'll start forgetting <laughs>
1: those, those things become
2: foggy like Victoria in in
1: Maryland. Okay.
3: Hey.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Victoria, why don't you share with us one of your other fiftieth events that you researched?
3: Yeah, I got a few more 50s down here, but... um,
1: One at a time, one at yeah, a time. Yeah,
3: um, I'm going to say do next is my 50th um, hour PIC was actually shortly after I became a pilot and I was on a roll this time. I knew how to start training and how to get things done from my past experience. So my 50th hour um, PIC was just before my instrument check ride which my instrument check ride, I have never been so confident and ready for a check ride in my life. The other two, I felt like I was going to throw up. But this one, it's great. I knew I had it. So my 50th hour PIC was just before that.
1: All right. Uh, well, let's see. Uh Rick, tell us about your next 50th event. Yeah. Actually, I'm... tell us about the fun one that you told me about off off the show. Oh. Uh the uh one revolving around Starting flying late and your birthday. Oh yeah, yeah.
5: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. sorry. <laughs> I
3: was like, that was fine. <laughs>
5: oh, well, it relates to being fifty because I didn't know I remembered. I was I was just gonna say, first of all, I actually looked at fiftieth um uh landing and that was pattern work. So just harkening hearkening back to what Victoria was saying. Pattern work, pattern work.
3: Pattern work. Um,
5: <laughs> it was right in there. Uh yeah, the um the fifty because I you know, I started late and so I can note the first flight I did, um, at 50 or, you know, 50 years or older. And it was, and I had just, I was just about to, I've lost track of the page. I was just about to, um, do my check ride. And so my first, my, my flight, first flight at 50 was my, um, mock check ride with my CFI, um, about, well, it turned out to be a couple of weeks before my actual check ride because of weather. But, um, but that was a big one, and obviously, and uh, that was in a Cessna, in uh, um, you know the the, the Garmin Cessna, that I, the same one that I fly a lot now, actually, and um, you know it was very cool. The other, so it was it was a very significant one, and uh, you know I'm, it was fun to notice that again. And the other one I looked up was um, the same thing Victoria just talked about, which was fifty hours uh, PIC, and that for me was a um, fun trip in the S twenty over to Barnes uh, cross-country trip, uh, west, uh, to Barnes. Um, my notes just say, um, that, I, you know, I did flight following, GPS direct, the, 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 uh, the altitudes I used to and from and, uh, noted that I did two great landings. So I was very happy that day apparently. And that was my 50th PIC hour. Fun. Um, cool. Sean, your fi- next 50th event.
4: My 50th landing was uh, was actually my first uh, ILS landing. I guess we were, um, that was actually the flight just before my first solo. And I, I, I remember this was uh, the summer of 2001. And um, every morning I had a summer job. And so I was trying to get my flights in before I started work at 10 in the morning. And every morning it was uh, it was foggy and, and it I, I think like I there was no surprising me with my first solo like there is with some people because I was ready for it and we kept trying to do it and the the ceilings were just too low every time so it looks like we went up one time uh, I went with my instructor and uh, looks like he showed me uh, what ILS uh, what an ILS looks like um, so that was cool. Uh, and then the very next entry is actually my first solo. So, um, yeah, that, that definitely brings back that feeling of, you know, being frustrated, like, come on, you know, we're, all we can do is sit here and watch the weather and, uh, and finally get to that first, uh, first solo.
1: Okay. And, uh, so since I had mentioned my day landing, I had actually researched my, uh, 50th night landing since I happened to be right in the same area, that one, for me, took place still in a Cessna 172 again at Boarfield in Nashua, uh, New Hampshire. And it was uh, nearly, actually, nearly six months to the day. The first, the day one was in July 97. The first of the 50th night landing was December of 97. November 303 Delta Whiskey, a good old Cessna 152. Um, and I did a lot of flying out of there. And a lot of flying in that one, in those. I can't even. You know, it's fun. This is completely off topic, but for and like Carl, I don't know about you. Since we fly so many darn airplanes as instructors and airline pilots, I have list like when I when I compile a list on my electronic um, logbook of aircraft and like you should see, it's like eight pages long of tail numbers alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just outrageous the number of. Um, you know, even in the same ones, but the, you know, the number of tail numbers flown over the history course of a, a, you know, a career pilot, it's, it, it blows my mind away. And I never realized how much, you know, you could sometimes fly three, four different airplanes in a single day at the airline. And, um, but, uh,
2: getting away. to f- list them all that way, you know, yeah. kind And you look them at them. And-, list and yeah, type of aircraft and, and numbers and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's certain ones you mem- remember too, you know oh, no, there's that one. Only that the bad one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the <They're not really
1: laughs> good ones. Like the one I sat in the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this has to be the most comfortable model, uh, or the most comfortable tail number I've sat in in a while. Like, I actually feel good in this plane. It's The seat's comfortable. The angle's comfortable. Everything everything fits nice, you know. And, uh, yeah, I certainly don't – I remember the, the bad ones more than the good ones. But um, moving on, Carl, your uh, – your next fiftieth event you wanted to share. My next fiftieth event?
2: Did I have that on there? No. But Should you
1: have? Well, I, you know, if you don't have one, we'll just keep going until no, I'm everybody sorry. out. I,
2: I tried to look at my my oh, logbook right. and I didn't have. I wasn't able to, to <laughs> find out the fiftieth event. Lame. I
3: well,
2: know. Not, I no. Sorry.
1: Your next fiftieth that you were going to share, wh- whatever it was. Uh, I don't know if you've got how many you've got on your list. Have you already? Have you told us everything?
2: Yes, I do. You slacker. Feel, okay. I'm so well, we'll just, lame. Oh, I am right. so lame. All right.
1: you, you were fighting a tropical storm today. I, saw, I was. I saw you pictures know, I, of you was, with a bucket emptying out. You know, it, emptying it was kind of sh-
2: scary. Yeah, we were. I was in a no wake zone and I was driving. <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> I was. I mean, my pic- Look at my pictures on Facebook. It's. It says no wake zone. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I've been just trying to survive today, and I, I didn't have a, a bunch of time to put together. But I, I. I know what you're saying about the 50 aircraft. I, I was actually going to try to put the list of. 50 n numbers for a specific aircraft which I could have probably only do for the Embraer 145. But uh I didn't I didn't get a chance to put that sure. whole thing together. Okay.
1: Well, fair That's enough. All. Uh let's see. Let's go back to Sean. Your next 50th should you might have one on your list. Uh
4: I do the actually this one uh Victoria kind of spurred me to to start thumbing through with the 50th PIC hour and uh Mine was actually the, uh, the second time I took my, uh, my wife flying, then girlfriend but now wife. Um, the first time was was not great. It was windy and bumpy and I would just gotten my private uh, not too long before that and she absolutely hated it and I couldn't blame her. so This time uh, I went up, it was uh, several years later in a nice smooth summer night and it says uh, in the remarks, um, flight with her name and it just says, much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> much better I, I remember at the time she was like yeah that, I enjoyed that that was fun so I, I, I counted that as a huge victory over the uh, the time before
1: <laughs> much better <laughs> much better I like that um, Victoria your next uh, 50th um, event should you have one
3: yeah. Um, actually, mine kind of goes in line with Sean's. I found my 50th cross-country hour, and that was actually with Bob when I was dating him. Um, I just started racking up the cross-country hours when we started dating because we were flying between Maryland and Michigan, and every time I went to visit him, we'd fly somewhere, and it's like all we did. So um, my 50th hour was with him. We had flown to his, uh, his parents' airport to visit them and then back to Pontiac to drop me off. Um, but the flight before that, I was like where were we? Why did we go here? What is this airport? I looked it up on AirNav. I looked it up on Google's maps. I couldn't remember what the heck we did at that airport. So I sent the identifier to Bob and I said, "We, when we first started dating, we went to this airport. What did we do? And he couldn't remember either. But after some research, we realized that's when we did um, our skydiving with Skydive Maryland. So we flew into the airport to go skydive.
1: Ah. Yeah very cool
3: adventurous couple
1: adventurous speaking of skydiving um i've gone twice have any of the other co-hosts been skydiving huh. nope
4: you kidding <laughs> i <laughs> no, jump out I... <laughs>
3: of a perfectly good airplane exactly
4: <laughs> i like but, to think that it would be awesome but i don't think i could ever actually take that step out
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst part that first step oh
4: i do remember that
1: memory this was in a uh, uh what's the thing the twin otter the first time i went and, um, we were climbing up and they're like, who's the first to go? And I was like, screw it. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm going, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the first cat out this door. And, uh, we get up to 10,000 feet and the door rolls open and the instructor is waddling me over to the door and we get to the edge of the rear door on this twin otter. And that's when it hit me. I'm standing on the edge of this door looking 10,000 <laughs> feet below me going Holy bleep. And, uh, but the second time I went, I was like, I was so excited. I I couldn't, it was like a completely different experience. It was like, I'm ready for this. Throw me out of this thing. If you have to, if you don't want to go, I'll go. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. um, but we've got, uh, let's see, uh, we didn't get, uh, Rick, your next round of 50th uh Yeah, I'm, I've got
5: another one. I, I actually was looking at another column thinking, oh, uh, I haven't done that yet. So I'm, I'm running, I'm the green guy here, so I'm running out of out of items. But um, solo, so 50th hour soloing was boring, but, I mean, it, it was good according to my notes. It was uh, <laughs> just more, well, it had been an hour, it had been a month, I was away for a month and I was, Worried, I apparently based on my note, worried about having gotten rusty. And now I know it can be a little, it can be a a little longer than that and still be fine. But I um, made a note that it was a nice, pretty evening, must have been late in the day. Um, And it was just practice, pattern practice um, at Norwood and runway, the main sort of main runway, the three five that I I like using. So I don't know if everybody has favorite runways. Maybe that's a topic for another show, but it's. it's always fun when that one's the when that one's the favorite runway. I just like it, um, and uh, so it was a good. It was a good, um, you know, one seventy two, and uh, it was a fun. Looks like a fun flight based on my notes. Based on my
3: notes, <laughs> you guys take better notes than I do. Most of mine are blank.
5: Yeah, I tried. Well, whose to, fault uh, is that?
3: <laughs> mine. I, I gotta have more details now. But I have the blog now. I use the blog more than the my blog. blog
5: is
1: book. book comment section. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty blog is comments. blog
1: is my co pilot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Don't tell Bob. Um, So I've got, let's see, I've got like three more. I don't know what we'll just keep going until we finish finish right now. We've just got a few more. I figured my 50th instrument approach was in April of 2000 in Bemidji, Minnesota. It was an ILS and a Piper Warrior. How exciting. Yay. Hello. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Let's uh, hear it for Bemidji. Bemidji. Yeah. Bemidji. E, mm, Minnesota. What's up? Uh, who's got another 50th event?
3: I do. I do. Do it. Well, my previous one was, you know, mentioning cross country with Bob. And I got to thinking about um, people you fly with the most. Now, excluding flight instructors, is there anyone you can think of you flew with 50 or more times together? No. No, yeah. Well, Bob and I have flown over 50 times together and I found our 50th flight together was um in the glass air and we flew to Latrobe, Pennsylvania for dinner and it was at D'Annunzio's Italian Chop House and it is probably one of the best $100 hamburgers we've been to. I remember really loving it and I remember that the uh Waitress complimented me on my hair. So she got bonus points for that. But (laughs) good food, good flight. Bob landed huge, huge, like crosswind that the jet that landed after us had to go around. And I was really praising Bob for, you know, landing when the jet couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, he is. uh, He's. He's a good aircraft uh, handler there. Yeah,
3: he kn- he knows that glass air pretty you know, well.
1: he does. He does know that glass air quite well. Uh, who's got another fiftieth?
2: Hey, I got one. I've got. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Carl. I, I just. Yeah, you know, there's there's this amazing thing that the the electronic. Lo- I finally came up with one. As a, I feel like such a slacker, start going through <laughs> my logbook. And my electronic logbook, and I, I looked back at my my first fifty hours in in the Airbus that I flew, and the 50th hour was actually flying over my house in the Airbus. Which, hmm. how in the world? I mean, that talk about a coincidence. <laughs> I was actually, I'll never forget it. We're taking off out of Sarasota and we had to go north up the coast. And as we bank, I looked down, I was like, hey, there's my house. And and I just did the totals. It was 50, that was my fiftieth hour. Wow, that's cool. That is that is cool. <laughs>
1: and shortly thereafter, you hear, "Hey, whose car is that in my driveway?" <laughs> 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 that's my, I don't even have a truck. Yeah, it's exactly, I don't have a pickup truck. You know what? It's okay. Like I like I said before, as long as he's cutting the grass for you while you're yeah. gone, who cares?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was. I just I just found that out. I was like very excited when I saw that. I was, that was a very memorable flight because I was like very excited to be in a new airplane and and actually that that day I got to fly over my house and it was my fiftieth hour. Cool.
1: Well, you guys have been uh, you know sharing fiftieth hours PIC. I couldn't um, uh, you know with the paper logbook thing, but I was able to kind of just pull real fast. My fiftieth hour as airline captain was actually uh, a flight from Toronto to Washington Dulles, which I think was probably the first time that I had gone to Canada as a captain. Um, and I actually remember that morning because we overnighted there and the next morning was one of those, uh, was one of those reduced visibility takeoffs. I think it was like a thousand RVR or 800 RVR when we took off. And I'm like, Going through the book on the ground, going okay. What am I allowed to do now? What? How low can I do this departure in? And it was one of my very first uh, low visibility uh, takeoffs as pilot in command of a uh, transport category aircraft. So that was that was definitely memorable. Um, anybody else have any 50s left? I've got two more that relate to the to the airline captain thing, and then we can roll into picks of the week. Uh, who, who's got Who's got a final?
4: I got one more. Last one. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Go ahead. Um, my 50th hour of flight training, uh, was my, uh, night cross country with an instructor over to, uh, Louisville. And, um, I remember, uh, really being, I, that was the first time I'd flown in, you know, Lexington's not that big a city and Louisville's not all that much bigger, but flying into it at night, uh, and just seeing all the lights was, uh, was awesome. And then, uh, there's a great pizza place. I, I don't know if it's still there, but uh, a place called Barano's. And I remember having a uh, great pizza there that I don't think I've ever been back to. So uh, it might inspire me to take another trip back over to Louisville and see if it's still around.
1: Now, is that uh, SDF or the other Louisville airport?
4: No, that was uh, Bowman Field.
1: Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, if you go into SDF, that all those lights are, you know, all the, the, uh, the UPS facilities. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's massive. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Uh, Victoria, you had uh, another 50th.
3: Um. Yeah, uh, actually, it's the 50th blog post since I kind of make my logbook and my blog um, together here. Your blog I put all book? my notes. Yeah, my blog book. <laughs> blog book. <laughs> so, <laughs> my 50th blog book post was um, in Bay, Ohio. It was actually my second time going there. Um, I went there once in the Cirrus, and the second time I brought Bob. And it was after a really stressful week. And I said, we need to party. And put bay if you've never been there, is the Key West of the North. They even have Key West Week. And there's the world's longest bar is there. There's great bands. There are so many bachelorette parties. It's unbelievable. But the weekends are the Key West of the North. And it is fun.
4: I have I've flown into that one. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you like it? That is a cool approach. Yeah, yeah. What we do you think up, of the uh,
3: monument at the end of the runway? That yeah, you know, it was a little yeah. bit of a pucker
4: factor right there. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> I was I was a passenger. I was in the I was in the right seat, and uh, yeah, you know, watching that. Uh, they told they briefed me beforehand. They're like, just by the way, you know, keep an eye out. And you know, me, I'm 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 pretty careful. So I my eyes were just glued on that thing the whole time. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great little island.
3: Yeah, it's fun. And you can walk everywhere. We didn't have to rent a car. You know, we hitched a few rides on some mm. um, golf carts, but that's about it.
1: I love those uh, those little places where it's just golf carts. That's so much fun. Oh, yeah. There's a couple others. I think Tangier off of uh, the coast of Virginia, or not off the coast, but in the Bay of Southwest Virginia, Tangier Island, I think. Heading is, there
3: uh, soon. Heading yeah, there I, believe soon. I
1: believe it's no motor vehicles. I think they either had horse and buggy or you're, you're bicycles. You're thinking
3: of Mackinac Island. Well, oh, Mackinac, Mackinac with the horses.
1: Yeah, okay, then it was... I don't um, think
3: Tangier has horses.
1: No, then it was just the golf carts then. There was something, yeah. about, something about motorized vehicles down there that was different, yeah. I haven't been to Mackinac Island yet, but... Mackinac's
3: uh, amazing. They got rid of the bump in the middle of the runway, which is nice.
1: It's not a bump, it's a ramp. It's a launching ramp.
3: Pretty much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'll just finish it up, since I was, we were talking about 50th PIC, so I talked about the 50th hour uh, as airline captain, the 50th flight... However, ironically, which wasn't even at the airline, but the 50th flight since uh, since becoming airline captain was the flight that I did in the SR 22 down in Maui when we went island hopping that we've talked about on the show here. Um, so subsequently, I was like, okay, well, what's the next logbook in the en- or entry in the logbook that was my true uh, 50th flight as airline captain, and that was from. Um, it was from Chicago down to Atlanta, and I actually do remember that one too because uh, Atlanta's got Atlanta's one of those airports that has a lot of uh, RNAV arrivals and departures, and uh, there's some you know some things that you have to take into account when doing those. And I remember being my first time as an airline captain at Atlanta doing an RNAV departure. So once again, making I uh, making sure I crossed all the Ts and dotted all the I's. Before we did take off there But uh, sounds like we've kind of wrapped up all the 50s And we almost forgot Tell us about your 50s, whether it's your 50th entry, your 50th hour, your 50th landing. We'd love to hear about them. Send us a message on Twitter. you can email us. You, the contact information is all on the website at stuckmygavcast.com. You can even leave us a comment in the blog post and uh, you know, share your 50th flight experiences with us. We'd really love to hear them. It'd be a lot of fun to see, uh, to see what yours have been about.
0: Our picks of the week.
1: All right, great. Well, why don't we move on to
4: um, to our picks of the week. Tell us about your pick of the week, Sean. My pick of the week is uh, it's a movie that's going to be coming out soon called Soul Survivor. It's a documentary, and I had a chance to see an advanced screening of it, and um, it's really interesting. It's um, not really a happy topic, I suppose, but it looks at um, people who have survived airplane crashes and been the sole survivor and, um, you know, in the movie, I think they say they're only they're it's only happened 14 times. And so it centers on one guy who had survived a crash in uh, Reno several years ago, and he decides he wants to reach out to other people. Um, so, you know, me being a Kentucky guy, I have a lot of interest in um, Comer 5191. And the uh, the first officer from that flight was the sole survivor, and he's featured in the movie. Um, and to, to see them all sort of share their experiences, what it means to them, to have been the sole survivor um what they've done with their lives since then it's really interesting um it's i believe it's going to get a wide release um in the summer to fall of this year and uh, i really recommend it it's it was made on a pretty tight string budget i believe at some points the director even had to put it on uh, kickstarter just to keep it going but uh if it's near you i i absolutely recommend going to check it out
1: uh victoria your pick of the week
3: My pick of the week is actually um, a restaurant that we recently stopped at. It was a $100 hamburger stop on the way to Atlanta. We stopped in North Carolina, in Rutherford County, North Carolina. It's Foxtrot, Quebec Delta, the 57 Alpha Cafe. And actually, when I went on the website, I learned that it was closed at one point because the owner actually had some major injuries in a plane crash, and he reopened after uh, recuperating from those serious injuries. But anyway, this man, it's just run by one gentleman named Ron, and he his specialty is Mexican, so I highly um, suggest you order something Mexican off the menu. They're delicious. Um, he has music on Saturdays. I don't know how he does it all between making the food and playing the music, and there's outdoor seating. There's pictures on the walls inside. It's just this really... Feel good, fun, unique, hundred dollar hamburger, and you have to get the banana pudding. Oh my goodness, I'm drooling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, banana pudding. That sounds good. You know, I'm glad you brought up uh, before we continue with the the next couple of picks of the week. I'm glad you actually mentioned hundred dollar hamburger because I just remembered, and I didn't, I failed to make this announcement at the beginning of the show, but we have started a new online community over at, uh, stuckmikeavcast.com for, uh, excuse me, I scratched that. Let me tell you about this first. We started a new online community that's revolved around Twitter. It's Twitter centric. So the conversations do occur on Twitter, but there's a way to track it. The first topic that I actually posted out there that you'll see actually, uh, on the blog as well is your favorite hundred dollar hamburger joints. Um, The link to that conversation where we'd love to have you uh, tell us about your favorite $100 hamburger spot, Uh, the link is stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash Ben Burger. That's Ben like Benjamin, B-E-N, Burger. What's that about? Well, you go there, tell us about your favorite $100 hamburger spot, like how you find it, why it's your top choice, be it the location, scenery, fun approach, or other. If you've got any menu recommendations, share those too. Don't forget to use uh, the hashtag BenBurger to track the conversation. Now, you might be asking, why, why BenBurger, Len? Well, I just came up with this. It was silly. It was fun. Benjamin is slang for a $100 bill, and burger, well, we all know is short for hamburger. So I just threw them together, and it's BenBurger. So StuckMikeAvCast.com forward slash BenBurger. Tell us about your favorite $100 hamburger joints, because we were actually talking about having a show about this. So if you submit you know, your entries on there and tell us about why it's your favorite, what your favorite is, et cetera, et cetera. We were, you know, we're going to share these on, uh, on a future show. So please do go to that and, uh, check that out. And, uh, I'll be doing a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, a review of how to get involved in that new community uh, of where we're, we're doing some online discussions there, uh, at a later time, but continuing on with the picks of the week, let's hear from, uh, Rick.
5: Yeah. Mine's a quick thing. Uh, that's just a reminder, for most people probably of something that I hadn't been hadn't been using. It's a um it's basically it, it's a tip. I got a reminder from Andrew Blanchard, uh a young man we've featured on the show before, who's uh studying at Purdue and uh is is now, I'm pretty sure has more hours than I do and is rapidly moving through training and through other things. But anyway, we were just we were gonna go take a flight and he was using um he reminded me about uh uh forecastweather.gov and a particular Um, graph, when you search for a, um, current conditions in, in a location, um, which is just a general current conditions for the next, say, 10 days or whatever. In the bottom right corner is an hourly weather graph that, um, is just a really great visual depiction of, um, a lot of key, uh, weather data for, um, the next couple of days. And you can move forward two days at a time or back two days at a time if you want to look at some history of weather in a certain area. So, um... That's all. It's just, it's, it's a great little thing. And uh, so if you go to forecastweather.gov uh, and, and uh, search for weather for a location and then look in the bottom right corner for a little horizontal graph and click on it. That's it.
1: Very cool. I haven't used that website in a while, but I'm going to check that out.
5: Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, it's, and it's, you know, it's the, it's the real data, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's the real deal. Very right, cool. Right. All right, Carl, your pick of the week.
2: Well, uh, staying in the Tampa Bay area, I decided to pick up one that's uh, the Tampa Bay Aviation Association. It's my TBAA.org. Tampa Bay Aviation Association is more of like a, a community organization where they bring together aviators and those people interested in the aviation business. It's, a, it's an open type of forum. It's a membership group, but they also invite people to their events. And th- what it does is it, it brings a lot of awareness to aviation in the Tampa Bay area. And it, it's a good model, I think, to organizations that can be built like this throughout the country. And and some of the cool things they do is they, they raise money for different charities like the uh, Children's Hospital and also uh, the uh, Angel Flight Organization. The The other thing is they have some really neat speakers. A lot of the folks involved in this organization – Are also involved in the uh, National or the uh, Business Aviation Association. And uh, it actually, uh, the last one they had, the last speaker was Doreen Welsh. And if you remember Doreen Welsh, she's actually become quite the public speaker, but she does a, a talk called 90 Seconds to Impact. Doreen was one of the flight attendants on US Airways Flight 1549 that crashed into the Hudson. And she talks about. What would you do if you only had 90 seconds to make an impact? And it's she's just a terrific speaker, and those are the type of people they bring to this. And and I'm saying this even though this is such a local organization, they have some incredible talent that comes to these meetings. So it's a Tampa Bay Aviation Association. They have golfing events that raise money for charities, and, and and they're doing some real good for the community, both locally, the community outside of aviation, and a for the aviation community as a whole. And I I think this is the reason I'm really mentioning is if you're thinking of starting an organization in your area to bring together aviators and those interested in aviation, I'd look here first. It's it's a real grassroots organization. Again, the Tampa Bay Aviation Association.
1: Great. And I've saved uh, my pick of the week for last because it's kind of a a revisit of a previous one when I had um, on an earlier show talked about open airplane and I actually had... A uh, another uh, sit down with co-founder Rod Rakic, who's actually become a very good friend of mine over the last couple of years through the podcast and social media, and uh, we just got together the other day for breakfast, and we we're shooting the bowl, and we we're talking about Open Airplane, and I got a sneak preview on uh, the new pilot guide uh, that they've published um, that's going to that's going to assist pilots and giving them the information on, you know, what the process is and what the breakdown is of Open Airplane. Uh, As a quick recap, what Open Airplane is, uh, if you haven't uh, happened to hear about it or have a look at it, it's openairplane.com. It is a new, what I term, revolutionary way to rent an airplane. Basically, you uh, will get an aircraft checkout in, say, a Cessna 172 in, uh, you know, Rick lives in Massachusetts, so Rick goes to his FBO if they participate in the Open Airplane Network, gets a checkout in a 172. That checkout is good at any participating operator in the country. So if Rick's on vacation in California or Texas or wherever and there happens to be a participating operator, he simply walks into the door, he's in their network, and they say, hey, you've had a checkout. You don't need to do one here. Here's the keys. Enjoy your flight. So... Uh, like I said, I had a chance to sit down with him, see some fun stuff behind the scenes. It reminded me you should check out openairplane.com. It's very cool. And hopefully, very, very soon, I'm planning on going through the process myself. And once I do that, I'm going to share it with you uh, in depth, detail, play-by-play of what the experience was and and how it all works. So uh, openairplane.com, very cool, new, up-and-coming, revolutionary Way to rent airplanes.
0: The after landing checklist. Uh, Victoria,
1: tell us, uh, tell the listener uh, how they can get in touch with you.
3: Everyone can find my contact information at toriaflies.blogspot.com.
1: And Carl, your contact information.
2: You can find me at my blog expertaviator.com. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I was
1: like, I was waiting for something else for some reason. I don't well, know actually, why. Is,
2: Aviation like, <laughs> Careers Podcast is what you're probably <laughs> waiting for, too. But you can find all that at Expert know. Aviator. But.
1: you got, gotcha. I gotcha. Sean, your contact info, sir.
4: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aviation. Uh, it's S E A N. Rick, your
5: contact. R Felty on Twitter, R D Felty on YouTube, and Rotationspeed.com.
4: You
1: can find me on Twitter, at Len Costa. And uh, please do, you know, always consider sending us your comments, questions, concerns about uh, the show. You can visit the website, stuckmikeavcast.com. You can send us an email. All the contact information is on there. One thing I would like to remind you, if you've enjoyed the show, if you've, uh, you know thought you got some value out of it, if it if it helped you, if even if it was just pure entertainment value, please do go to our website. Click that like button. Click that tweet button. Click that share button. Share the love. Share this with your friends and family. Bring them into our podcast family and uh, give them a chance to see what it's all about. We actually, uh, you know, we really enjoy sitting down and recording these shows and we would love to be able to grow this podcast family and welcome more people into our arms. So when we have meetup events... You know, it's gonna be a grand old time. So we really enjoyed uh recording episode number fifty for you. Number fifty, a show about fifties, the golden show. Uh, from myself, Len Coster, Rick Felty, Carl Valeria, and Victoria Zyko. Thank you. Zyko. Yeah. Thank you all. Uh, for thank Jeez. you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> was,
5: was Sean in that list?
1: Yeah, do I always forget Sean? Well, I just want to make <laughs> sure or I Sean. I, I... Sean. Why don't we just start that up? From myself, Len Costa, Carl Valeri, Rick Felty, Sean Moody, Victoria Zyko, thank you for tuning in to episode number 50 of the Stuck My podcast. and we wish you clear skies and calm waves.
2: Take care.
0: Costa Production.